0: Hello there listeners, it's Laura Yarbrough lloyd here with the third episode of A Flare for VIP Events podcast, telling you three things I've learned working with VIPs. I'm Laura, an event freelancer who focuses on anything and everything VIP. I'm not here to talk only about myself, so I want to use this episode not just to give you some insight into my background and about me, but also, and more importantly, what I've learned, because I want you to get something useful from every episode. But before we get started, I just want to tell you a few things about me to set up this episode. I've been working on events ever since the London 2012 Olympics, but before that, people could probably tell I had a natural inclination to plan events, probably like a lot of people listening. I worked in the pharmaceutical industry, before migrating to an agency, before going freelance, and all three opportunities have taught me so much about business, life, and events. But through all of those experiences, being an in-house planner, an agency planner, and self-employed, the one thing that's been constant is working with VIPs. I've also lived around the world, from Arkansas, where I'm from, to Peru, to New England, to China and now the UK. So if we have anything in common with those places, please give me a shout. I would love to talk to you about any of those places. So this episode is taking that last decade plus and boiling it down to three lessons I've learned working with VIPs and at VIP events. And I hope these stories and tips help you learn from my discoveries and also my mistakes or relate to me if you've had similar experiences Learn something new to try next time and be the best VIP event manager out there, one that gets booked and rebooked into VIP events. I want everyone to have a successful career in VIP events if that's what you desire. So, whether you're just starting out or been in events for a while, stick around with me and let's dive in. Welcome to A Flare for VIP Events. Join your host, Laura Yarborough lloyd a VIP event planner, as she takes you behind the scenes of the VIP world. Learn the strategies, network and mindset needed to work at iconic events like the Olympics, Academy Awards, Wimbledon, Royal Weddings and more. And tune in for tips on how to work with celebrities, athletes and world leaders, how to be or hire a VIP manager and how VIP management will skyrocket your career. All you need is a flair for VIP events. I hope everyone is doing well, and I can't believe that we're already at the end of May. I feel like I've been on VIP Event Watch all month with the Met Gala and the Coronation and Kentucky Derby, Cannes Film Festival, Monaco Grand Prix. I could go on forever. There were so many VIP events all within one month. And June's looking to be just as exciting. There's Royal Ascot, the Golf US Open, London Fashion Week, and more. And I'm just really excited about all the events this summer. So obviously, I just listed off a lot of event opportunities. And because of that, I approach the VIP event industry from a place of abundance. So many events out there. So many VIP events out there. And if you're listening to this... You're an event professional and you have big dreams and I want you to know that there's an opportunity out there for you and I'm all about this. All of the opportunities are so exciting. And what happens when you do book a VIP event? How do you prepare? One of the key things is to think a lot about the people who are coming to the event and experience that's being offered and match that up to your service delivery your presentation your own mindset and expectations and prepare to fill a mix of emotions and be proud of yourself but also allow yourself to make mistakes and when you're just starting out or when you're just like when you're just starting to work with VIPs or at VIP events it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to experience things no one told you about and be surprised, whether it's a pleasant or unpleasant surprise, and be proud of yourself and be embarrassed. My experience won't be the same as yours, and yours won't be the same as mine. In my case, when I came face to face with VIPs for the first time many years ago, I felt so nervous and awkward. I didn't have anyone to go to for advice or questions. Um, I didn't know anybody who worked with VIPs, and that's not a nice feeling that you feel like you don't have the support or a resource and that nervousness and feeling awkward it can come across to whoever you're working with as inexperience or disengagement and even a lack of professionalism and that's a vicious cycle if you come across like that you may not get hired you may not be referred and that will shatter your confidence even more and the cycle will continue and I don't want you to give up on your dreams, so I hope you learn from me, but also learn from yourself. And my goal isn't just for you to book a VIP event, but also to help you be as prepared as possible and feel comfortable and confident in what you're doing. So that's why I'm telling you my experience and background through things that I've learned along the way working with VIPs. So today I have three things. There's a lot, a lot more that I've learned, but these were hard to choose. Today, I'm only focusing on three things. So the first thing, starting out with something that sounds really simple, is to be happy and nice. Now, let's unpack what it actually means. There are a lot of qualities needed if you want to work with VIPs and at VIP events, from being organized and responsible to adaptable and resourceful. But one quality I've found that goes a long way is being happy. If you're happy, you put people at ease. You help others adapt to their surroundings. And it helps you when you have to have difficult conversations, like telling VIPs no. And when you have those conversations, you don't want to be unsympathetic or impatient delivering that kind of message. And being happy actually means a few things, like having a good sense of humor, being nurturing and even-tempered and empathetic, able to put people at ease. I think it's an innate quality, and it goes a long way. But it wasn't until I started working around VIPs that I learned how important it is to simply be happy. So I'll give you an example. I was once working at a big fashion magazine's global fashion forum, This was in China where I lived and worked. And it was my first real event where I felt that I was the person that the VIPs relied on. I was the one to book their transportation and accommodation, worked with them on rehearsal schedules. And I was so nervous when I got this contract I don't know, I watch The Devil Wears Prada all the time, and I had this vision in my head of what this kind of work would entail. I love that movie, but my advice is to take it with a grain of salt. And the event actually ended up being amazing. I remember after about a day working at this event that I was able to know when to just turn it off and be relatable. So you need to tap into your intuition for this and read people. Being able to turn it off and be a person and not just staff is so helpful. Think about VIPs and how often they travel and how they stay in five-star places, dine in fine restaurants, and think of the service that they receive. They experience the best customer service and hospitality in the world. But at the same time, think about how confused the line between customer service and being fake can become. It can be a bit blurry, which is why you should observe and learn when to be a human being with a good sense of humor and relatable and happy. Because if you're passionate about what you do and happy, that happiness shines in your work. Don't be too serious on your quest to do a good job. Take a page out of the Southern Hospitality Handbook, which is not a thing, by the way, but it should be. Treat everyone you meet as a friend, and people will feel comfortable around you. And the whole point of this tip, to be happy, can be summarized with how that fashion forum ended. I remember one morning I woke up to see off one of these very famous designers, Who I won't name because, you know, one-to-one conversations are private, and I don't name, drop, and betray privacy. But anyways, I was making sure that their car was at the hotel at 4 a.m. as planned to go to the airport. And I went in my loungewear, and I saw them waiting outside the hotel. They were shocked that I came to say goodbye. They weren't expecting that at all. But I would not leave anyone hanging outside at 4 a.m. waiting for a car because what if it was late or didn't show up? And we sat there and chatted about China and life and New York City, and I realized that it was such a surreal situation. And when they got in the car, or right before they got in the car, they gave me a hug, and we exchanged numbers for future collaboration, because I was the happy person that was the last face they saw on their trip. So be happy. Okay. Okay. So, the tip about being happy is actually a good natural progression into the next one, which is to be helpful, but not annoying. By being annoying, I mean, don't get too chatty, don't overcomplicate things, and just keep it simple. So, some VIPs, they know very little about their appearance at an event, their trip, their schedule. Not all of them, of course, because some book their own travel and hotels make their own plans. But some rely on assistants and publicists and agents. And they put all that planning in the hands of someone else, trust that it's all going to go well. Now, the publicist and agent and assistant, they primarily plan. And you're the one on the ground that makes sure that it goes well. And sometimes they don't have that kind of help. So they'll do the planning and communication directly with you. Some VIPs tend to be more independent and do a lot of things themselves, but whether they're independent or not, VIPs are busy, so the more you overcomplicate, the more they get confused. Now, that doesn't mean don't communicate. Obviously, communication is important and vital, but don't overcommunicate with erroneous details. So I'll put this into a scenario. I was once working at a film festival And I had about 15 film directors and a few famous actors, some of their entourage in my scope of work. And I was the person who coordinated their arrival, the hotel, the press conferences. So when they arrived, for example, I stood outside the hotel and waited with the concierge who was there to handle the bags And I was the designated event representative, and I actually had to talk to the event organizers out of having like five to ten people greet the VIP with massive bouquets of flowers, which is common in some cultures to have that kind of reception. So if you're ever in this scenario, you really just want to think through the person who's coming and their expectations and kind of wed it with the culture of where you are in an appropriate way. But, um, I had studied the VIP roster and immediately knew that they travel a lot, and some of them have fan bases, so I really just wanted to keep it simple here, to the point. Like, hello, actor, actress, and Laura with the event. I've been communicating with your agent about your time here. I'm going to take you to your room first. We'll have a hotel representative there to do a room check-in for you so that you can get comfortable." okay so that's helpful but not annoying showing respect but not fawning over them i don't keep them outside the hotel because people they will start to look and notice and as we go inside there's a little bit of friendly chit chat and we do in-room check-in and as i leave i tell them how often i'll check in with them and their first scheduled appearance at the film festival and ask if they would like more or less frequent check-ins i know they're not going to remember if i start rattling off their schedule So set the standard that I'm the person, I'm there to help, but I'm not being annoying. So if you're in this situation, there's not an exact script to follow, but you go into this type of role to be there for them, but not be their shadow, unless that's something that they ask for. I'll tell you the worst is when you're being really nice and the person just ignores you. Sometimes they'll walk right by you. (laughs) It happens, but just remember you're there to be helpful. Not annoying. Don't confuse people. Don't tell them unnecessary details. And don't involve too many people because it risks security and communication problems. And don't try too hard. Trying too hard comes across as trying too hard. People can see through that. So keep it simple and direct when helping VIPs. And keeping it simple is actually really, really important to me. I was on site for a press conference um, for that film festival I mentioned and was working through how the event would go for about 30 VIPs and there were like 10 people at this site visit just to talk about the VIPs at a press conference you know why are there 10 people there there's not like thousands of VIPs just 30 and You know, they were rehearsing how to greet them as they arrived and have representatives from every organization involved waiting outside the hotel. Remember, I mentioned the flowers. An unpopular opinion, I guess, but there does not need to be that many people involved. As soon as you involve that many people when it comes to VIPs, you risk communication problems, invasion of privacy, a lot of things. And too many cooks in the kitchen and the focus on the experience gets watered down. My ratio is like 1 to 15, so if there's 30 VIPs attending, you need about two people on the VIP planning part, sometimes just one. On site, you can have more, of course, for other event functions, but one to two on the VIP part for this number of VIPs. Um, The ratio is different if they're not VIPs. Nevertheless, though, keep it simple and don't overcomplicate your team. Don't overcomplicate your interactions, because it can be... Really annoying and that brings me to my last tip which is to never assume you know anything about a VIP because you've watched them on TV or films before or read about them or even seen them in person and there's a lot to this actually there's a difference to anticipating needs and wants based on the type of person the VIP is and assuming you know things about them personally I'll have a podcast episode about this, anticipation of needs and wants specifically, but remember that that's just a guideline and often due to the nature of an event. So this point is more about the assumption of the person themselves rather than the type of VIP they are. And I don't want you to make this mistake I made several years ago. Um, I was at an event and I had seen the same VIP person several times at previous events And interacted with them. And the way that they spoke to me this time made me think that they remembered me, which really flattered me. And I remember walking down a corridor one day, and they were walking past. And I brought up a previous event where we had interacted frequently. And they stopped and waved me away with their hand and said something like, I have no idea who you are, so would rather not be bothered. Now, that won't always happen, There are definitely VIPs who will remember you and you form a working relationship after a while and that's really rewarding and a good reflection of your attitude and level of service and professionalism. But in this case, I don't know what was more embarrassing, me thinking they remembered me or having someone wave me away with their hand in my face and others seeing it. It taught me a lesson though. People may act like they remember you or know you, but sometimes that is just acting some people, especially when they're at a really high level, they're trained and coached to be personable through media and etiquette training because it can be rude if you've met someone and don't remember. Think of yourself in that scenario. Sometimes if you're not entirely sure you met someone before, you start out on friendly terms. So I learned that even though they acted like they remembered me, they had not actually said anything specific to signal that they remembered me. So the key thing is to never assume people know you um, or know who you are unless they call you by name or recall something specific, a specific event, a specific uh, scenario at an event. I've not made that same mistake and I'm not afraid to admit that error and how embarrassing it was. Um, but on the flip side, there are VIPs who remember you and like I said, that's really rewarding To win their trust and stand out in a sea of people helping them. And another key thing with this is understanding that people you see in TV and film and social media, they may have an entirely different persona behind closed doors. If you take cameras away, that person may be nothing like you expected. When they're not working, they may be nothing like you expected. And that doesn't matter if it's a good or bad surprise so let's say you think a vip you've seen on screen for decades will be the nicest human being you've ever encountered and they actually aren't or maybe they're having a bad day you're disappointed you're surprised and this actually comes across in your work and your interactions imagine the opposite you're terrified of someone you heard they're demanding they're rude they've had bad press and they can turn out to be lovely and that switch from fear to surprise comes across in your work and how you interact with them. And when cameras aren't around, people can be themselves. So especially in exclusive VIP areas, people just become people. So shed whatever feelings and expectations you have about them and use the blank slate theory. Everyone you meet's a blank slate. The press that you've read is just press. And the rumors that you've heard are just rumors. Never assume you know the person or know anything about them. And a blank slate allows you to treat everyone equally with respect, service, and good hospitality. So there you have my three tips when dealing with VIPs directly from my own experiences. And that is going to wrap up this episode on a flare for VIP events. I think it's so important to share our experiences and learnings in the VIP event industry. There's a lot of gatekeeping that goes on, and obviously we have to respect privacy first and foremost. But whenever you find yourself in these VIP situations, don't forget what you've learned and share it with others. Share what you learned while maintaining privacy. When I started out with VIPs, I didn't have the resource. So this is something that I hope changes. Let's all pay it forward. So I'll summarize the three things that I've learned and shared with you today. The first is to be happy. People always remember the relatable, personable, and kind people. It wins trust and makes the best impression. The second thing, be helpful but not annoying. Don't over-communicate and don't over-complicate. And remember, some VIPs are very independent and don't need as much help. And the third thing, never assume you personally know VIP until you personally know a VIP. The depiction you see in media and through rumors, it doesn't always match up to the real person. So as a VIP manager, you should shed your personal opinions and expectations. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this new episode and learned something that will help you achieve your event goals, whether they are to work at iconic VIP events, to manage VIPs, to create VIP experiences, or even to hire the right team for your VIP event. If you found it useful, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. For more VIP resources or links to my social media to stay up-to-date with the flair for VIP events and get all the -the behind-the-scenes content, you can visit my website, lauralloydevents.com, find me on Instagram and YouTube at lauralloydevents, or on LinkedIn, I'm the only Laura Yarborough Lloyd. I'll see you next time when you undoubtedly will have a little bit more flair for VIP events. Cheers, everyone. Bye!